Uh, we're going to uh, give um, an afternoon message on uh, the, the kind of as a continuation or uh, to give some insight. Um, our 11 o'clock hour we spent dealing with um, the heart of the issue of winning people to Christ. And so I want to give you some practical things this afternoon that um, will help us in what we perceive to be a very deficient area in most Christians' lives today. Uh, of having the compassion, having the drive and the desire to see people saved. <clears throat> and we're going to look at some enemies. I'm going to give you four of the enemies um, that we face uh, when it comes to winning people to Christ. And uh, then we're going to look at four things that will help us in those areas. Okay, so uh, bear with us and um, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer and then we'll get into uh, the message this afternoon. Father, we do pray that you would bless the time that we spend here. Lord, already today has been a blessed day. Uh, not only is it Mother's Day where we have the great privilege, the great joy to thank you and to rejoice and to show our gratitude to mothers and ladies that you have used over the years to uh, effect a great work, uh, both spiritually and in the homes. We're so grateful for that. And then also, Lord, just the time that we've spent around your word today has been a precious time, a time that we've looked to and allowed your Holy Spirit to do his work. I pray that you would bless this afternoon as we continue to try to give some things from Scripture that will help us all in this area of soul winning and telling people about you. And I pray that you would help us to, for the next few moments, put our our thoughts and our plans of what we're going to be doing here and a short while, I know many folks have to be somewhere uh, with it being Mother's Day. But Lord, for the next 20 or so minutes, could you allow us to put our hearts and our minds upon your word. And may we wholeheartedly seek for your Holy Spirit to do his work. And I pray that you'd help us uh, this afternoon to honor and glorify you. That nothing would be done that would be uh, a hindrance. That nothing would be done that would be a reproach but that we would glorify you in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> there are four things that I jotted down this week, uh, getting the message ready for the 11 o'clock hour, and I didn't uh, put them in the message this morning, so I felt like it may work well to bring it this afternoon. But there are four things that I, I could think of, and there's probably more. We could probably come up with a lot more. Um, that if we went around the room, of things that hinder us or would keep us from um, having the right heart towards the lost. And uh, I want to go through those very quickly. One of them is um, a lack of patience would be one of our enemies. Uh, I don't know about you, there are times I've, I've spoken to someone about the things of the Lord and it just felt like you were talking to a stone wall. And you weren't getting anywhere. There was no progress being made. <coughs> and oftentimes, uh, we'll come across something like that and it'll discourage us. Uh, I don't know if there's been times in your life where you've tried to move the conversation to the things of the Lord and you have gotten a less than enthusiastic response to that. Uh, there have been times uh, when I've been out visiting folks just going door to door that I have walked up to, I'm thinking of one fellow in particular that I, I went, I was coming down the street, he was sitting on his porch, and uh, it was interesting to me that he, um, 
was watching as I went down one side of the street and then came back up the other side of the street. And he had a fence in front of his house. And as I'm walking along the sidewalk and getting ready to come through the gate, he said, don't bother. <laughs> and I said, well, you don't even know what I want yet. I might be giving away $100 bills. <laughs> he said, are you? I said, well, if you want one, you can pay me. I'll, I'll write the bill out and you can pay me in $100. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, I, I joked with him a little bit. And I actually got him to come over to the fence and talk with me for a minute. Uh, and uh, we it was an area that I was going back to numerous times. And I will tell you this, that that, that fellow went from, uh, I don't want to hear it, uh, you know, he didn't know who I was, probably some salesman or Jehovah's Witness or something, to at uh, by the time that he trusted Christ as his Savior, it had been probably eight or ten visits later. And at that point, when he saw me coming, he'd get the iced tea out or the, or the lemonade or whatever he had, and we'd sit there on his porch. And uh, But can I tell you this, there, there was discouragement that first week coming up to him and saying, I don't want anything like that. I've gone to doors where people have uh, shut the door and in the middle of your talking, no thank you, close the door. Some that will cuss you out. And it's very difficult when you face things like that uh, to have patience in serving God. It, it almost gives us the idea, well, if, if this is the way it is, if I, if I have to hit on a hundred doors to get one person to talk to me, uh, then, then this is just too much. I, I don't have the patience for this. And so one reason that we, we don't, we, we're not as active as we should be oftentimes in telling people about the gospel is because uh, maybe we've, we've gotten a poor reception from it. People have rejected it before. Uh, can I tell you this? Uh, don't take it personally. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you need to, you need to be uh, firm in your resolve to continue uh, to share the gospel with folks. Uh, sometimes you have less than an enthusiastic response. Sometimes you have folks that uh, will hear and just won't listen. They'll be stubborn-minded, uh, and you feel like you're just wasting your breath. Uh, I was sharing with several people this week, a couple, two or three folks that had come across some very, very difficult issues. And I said, you know, uh, we got to be careful that we don't just try to logic or give man's opinion uh, about our subjects and try to, to reason with us with our logic and our thinking. What we need to do is be able to give them God's Word. Uh, because God's Word is what is powerful. Uh, not, not Brother Greg's mindset or thought on something, or yours. But this book is powerful. And this book can break a heart of stone. This book can, can go into a, a heart of someone that you would think uh, is never going to be reached with the Gospel. And I've watched it soften a heart. And I've watched it reach people. And so, patience. A lack of patience is often one of the big enemies uh, that we face. One of the big problems. Uh, and, and patience comes from discouragement, I believe. Uh, the lack of patience. The, the second lack is a lack of prayer. It's amazing to me. Um, I, I've had, oh, probably in the last six months, uh, I've probably had a half a dozen folks say, Pastor, can I, can I have a meeting with you? I need, to, I need some counsel. I need some help. In every case, in every case, uh, when, I've, when I've asked them, how is your walk with the Lord, your time spent with God? Every time it's, well, it's not what it should be. Every time. And can I tell you this, that when our walk with God is not right, everything else in life is out of balance. Everything else. I, I went to some Bible colleges and... Uh, 
one of the the emphasis that they put on the students was that the most important thing a Christian can ever do is serve God and knock on doors and tell people about Christ all the time, constantly. And if you're awake, brother, you ought to be knocking on a door. And you may not, you know, you, if you're going to take a half hour for lunch, only take five minutes and get out there and knock on some more doors. And service, 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 service. And, and you got to reach more people, more people, more people, more people. And I, I, I almost, in fact, I, I got really close to swallowing that whole thing. And I will say this, soul winning is extremely important. I'm not downplaying soul winning. But can I tell you, there is one thing that is of a higher priority than my soul winning. And that is my walk with God. If we, if we do not spend the time in prayer with our God, in time of fellowship with Him, at best, we serve in the flesh without His power upon us. One of the greatest things we can do to help us be a better soul winner is to work on this area of prayer. Number three, the third enemy we face <coughs> is a lack of persistence. This probably goes a little bit along with patience. Uh, the idea of, of con- never giving up, continuing to, to pursue after it. Uh, I've heard some people say, boy, I, I've witnessed them till I'm blue in the face and, and I'm just done with it. Well, don't give up. Don't give up. There was a fellow that my dad prayed for for over 20 years. And just before my dad passed away, about a year, a couple years before, maybe a year and a half before he passed away, the fellow called him up one day and he said, I, I need to meet with you. After 20-some years of my dad praying for him, uh, he said, I need to be saved. Persistence. Persistence. You ever thought about this? The time that you decide I'm going to give up may have been the time that God needed for that person to come to Him. Just one more time of sharing the gospel. One more time of bringing the subject up. So, lack of persistence is an enemy. (coughs) And we spoke about this in the 11 o'clock hour. The fourth thing is a lack of compassion. We, We confuse our concern for the lost with compassion. We misunderstand it. We, we, I don't think there's a person in our, in our church that would say, oh, I don't care about the lost. I, I think there's a concern there. I really do. I think every one of us have that. I, in fact, I don't know of a Christian, someone who names the name of Christ, who does not have a concern for the lost. But there is a difference between having a concern for them and having a compassion for them. Compassion is a love that moves to action. It's a burden that is so heavy upon our hearts that we cannot restrain ourselves from, from sharing the gospel. Jeremiah uh, had gotten frustrated with the people of God. God had told him to, to tell them this and tell them that, and the nation of Israel just was not listening. And Jeremiah, the, the weeping prophet, he said, I, I decided I, I wasn't going to speak anymore in his name. I just wasn't going to do it. And after a few verses, he said, but it was shut up in my bones like a fire. He said, I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't contain it, couldn't withhold it. Can I tell you, that's when compassion steps in. To be so burdened about the lost that it moves us to action. Not just concern, but compassion. So I think these are four 
enemies that we face. There's probably some others. I think fear can be be one of those. I think um, that possibly, (coughs) quite possibly, and probably goes hand in hand with fear, is a feeling of inadequacy. Again, when we feel inadequate to share the gospel with someone, uh, I think that lends itself to the fear that we have. So I think there's some other enemies that we face. Are they addressable from Scripture? Are there things we can do to address those things? And so I want to look at a couple things from Scripture today. Follow with me. Keep your Bibles handy. We're going to look at several verses. There are four things I think that in order for us to be a soul winner and a heart that is moved with compassion for the lost, there are four things that I think are essential I can probably give you a half a dozen more if we take more time with Scripture, and maybe we'll continue this another day and bring even more of them. But I'm going to give you four today because it's Mother's Day, and I know you all got to go home at some point. Matthew chapter number 22, and look with me, if you will, in verse number 37. <coughs> Matthew chapter 22 and verse number 37. He's asked what the greatest commandment in the law is, and Jesus answers, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And, notice verse 39, the second is likened to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So so follow with me for a minute. We, We mentioned just a moment ago that our... Our relationship with God, our walk with God, is absolutely the most important thing. And somebody that would say, no, no, uh, reaching others and serving is the most important thing. I'm just going to take what Jesus said here, okay? He said the most important one, the top one, was loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul and all of our mind. That's our relationship to Him. He says, secondly... Uh, is and, and right below that, right beneath that, right in, in the order of priority here, the second one is very similar. You're to love your neighbor as yourself. So can I tell you this, that we can never have a compassion and a right heart for the lost if our love for God is lacking. That's why it is so important, and we, we preach often on this, that our walk with God must become our priority. If you want to be a greater soul winner... You don't need to spend more hours soul winning. You need to spend more time with God. Be more effective for the hours that you labor. Be able to have God's power resting upon us. There's a frustration when we neglect our walk with God and our time with God. And we go out here and we labor and we labor and we labor. And it seems like we labor. And, and, and uh, Haggai brought it up when uh, God was speaking to the nation of Israel in the book of Haggai. He said, some of you earn wages and you feel like you're putting it into a bag full of holes. You ever serve God and feel like all that labor is just going into a bag of holes and there's no fruit? Why? Because you run every man to your own house and his house highways. And, and the idea being that our walk with God isn't what it should be. We focus so much on so many other things. Look with me in Romans chapter number 5. Romans chapter number 5. And and I know I'm preaching to the choir here a little bit on this, but if we're not careful, we will become so motivated to serve that we'll spend all of our time serving, very little time walking with God. So we need to make sure that we balance this in in a biblical way. Look with me in Romans chapter number 5, and notice verse number 5. Let's back up to verse, uh, let's go to verse 1, we'll read down through verse 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, 
We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, uh, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations worketh what? That's one of our enemies, isn't it? Wow, so we ought to pray for tribulation so we can have more patience. Anybody ever prayed for tribulation? I know. And patience, experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not, what's the next word here? Ashamed. Because, this is why hope maketh not ashamed, because the what? Love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because he loved God with all of his heart. When God's love is spread abroad in our hearts, when we love Him the way that we should, the shame that, that is there, the, the, the embarrassment perhaps of speaking of Christ to someone who's lost, it, it, it vanishes. It disappears. There have been times, I'll be real frank with you, there have been times I've talked to somebody and I have been nervous and I've been sweating and I've been stammering and stuttering all over myself trying to bring the subject about Christ because I knew I needed to but I wasn't comfortable doing it. Any of you ever been there? There's been other times that it was the most natural thing in the world to bring up the Lord Jesus Christ in a conversation with a lost person. Why? Because my relationship with Him ebbs and flows. There are times I'm closer to Him and I love Him more, and there's times that I'm further away from Him. I was talking, I've shared this before. I was talking with my friend Wayne Corfman years ago, and he lost his wife, Miss Catherine. <clears throat> passed away from pneumonia uh, quite a few, it had been about uh, probably 12, 15 years ago now. And I was over at his apartment one night after a year or so after she had passed away and just trying to encourage him. We got talking about the things of the Lord and he got teary-eyed and started telling me about uh, taking care of my family and loving my wife and my kids. And he said, Brother Greg, you need to, you need to polish your wife and your kids. You, you need to make sure they're gems. They're, they're precious. You need to take care of them. And you need to let them know that they're precious. He, he said, "He said, you know, and then he started talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and how precious He is. And uh, he teared up, and I'll never forget just watching him. And he, he said, you know, and he stutters real bad when he gets, especially when he gets emotional or he gets uh, excited about something. And, and he said, but, 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 but Brother Greg, you, 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 you know, we're, we're never, never, never embarrassed to, to talk about, about the, the ones we love. I sat through that night. He had no problem in the world speaking for hours on end to me about Miss Catherine. Oh my, he loved her. He wasn't embarrassed about her at all. And then we could sit and speak for hours about his precious Savior. And he wasn't embarrassed at all. Why? Because he loved him. And I tell you this, when our love for God is right, all the rest of it will be right. We may not make it to all of these, so I may finish next week, but we'll see. Number two, we need to have a love. Number one, we need to have a love for God. We need to have a love for Him. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about, Brother Mark and I were talking a few moments ago, before, after church. He said, Pastor, you know, a lot of people are in love with the idea of loving Christ. I think along that line. 
they're, they're, they, they, like, they, they love that idea, but they're not in love with God. They don't love God. They're in love with the idea of loving God. And I thought, boy, how right that seems sometimes, isn't it? People think, boy, I want to love God with all my heart, and that's my desire, but then there is no love for Him. How do you learn to love somebody? Think about the people you love in your life. How did you grow to love them? You spent some time with them, didn't you? In fact, the more you spent time with them, the more you... Can I tell you, our relationship with Christ is no different. The more we spend time with Him, the more we love Him. Number two, James chapter number five, verse number 16. And we'll move quickly here. James chapter number five, verse 16. Not only do we need to have a love for God, but we need to have a love for prayer. James chapter number five. The Bible says, Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, I will say this. When it comes to winning people to Christ, just because our praying is effectual and fervent does not guarantee that they're going to get saved because God is not going to override that person's free will. They still have to choose Him. But the conviction that God brings into that person's life may be largely affected by the type of praying that we do. If we just say, Lord bless so-and-so that they get saved at a mealtime, and that's all the time we spend praying for them, I'm not saying that it's not God's desire to see them saved, but I was talking with someone here a few weeks ago about this. God has chosen, for whatever reason, and I don't know why, but He has chosen, oftentimes to tie His moving and His power on a person's heart to our praying. God's power, His mighty hand at work, oftentimes, He ties it to how effectual and fervently we pray. He told His disciples, He said, this guy, and they, they, they prayed and they tried to cast out a devil and they couldn't do it. And he, they, they said, Master, why could we not we cast him out? And then Jesus said, this kind goeth not forth, but by prayer and fasting. In other words, could have happened if, if there had been more fervency in the praying, if there had been more heart and there had been more burden in prayer. When was the last time that we shed tears in prayer for a person that was lost? Are, are, we, really, are we really compassionate about them? Or are we just concerned? You see, concern will cause us to pray for them, but we just pray as part of our regular praying. That's our concern. But compassion will begin to pray and weep. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, the Bible says, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Fervency in prayer is not realizing even the amount of time that has passed because we've been so engrossed in praying for this person's soul. It may mean that we've prayed through a whole meal and not even recognized it. It may be that we've prayed into the wee hours of the morning and not realized that we missed our bedtime by four hours. 
to be so consumed in prayer that it's not about what time it is. My dad, years ago, went to Calvary Baptist Church in Connersville, Indiana, at that time the fastest growing church in the state of Indiana. My dad would tell stories of cottage prayer meetings that they would have in their church. It was not unusual for him many times throughout the year for his parents to have the men of the church over at their house. And my dad would recollect times that he would go to bed at night because it was a school night on a Sunday night praying for revival the next night at a special meeting they were having. And he would go to bed and he would look out across the house and there would be men on their knees praying as he went to bed. And he said there were mornings I would wake up getting ready for school and walk out into the house and those men were still there weeping and praying for God to send revival. Do we have a love for praying? Do we have a fervency in praying? We've got some pretty strong enemies that try to keep us from winning the loss to Christ. There's some things that we really need to get a hold of that will help us in this area. We need to learn to love God with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. We need to learn to pray fervently, effectually. I've got more verses on that, but we'll give those to you at another time. Number three, we need to have a love for God. We need to have a love for prayer. Look with me in Psalm 119. I believe this is vital. I believe that the reason we are so sometimes fearful, have a feeling of inadequacy, and don't get me wrong, I don't believe there ought to be arrogance in the Christian life. I was talking to a preacher uh, Friday, went out to lunch with Brother, Brother Roberts. He and I were discussing some things. I said, and he was in agreement on this. We, 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 we were talking about this issue. And I said, how in the world does a man ever feel like he can do justice in preaching? To take God's eternal Word that is perfect and it's powerful and it's able to divide a heart and it, to the understanding of it and the, 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 the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, the, the power that His Word has. How does a man ever think that he can take a week of time and, and write a sermon out and get up on Sunday morning and say, I'm ready to preach the Word of God. I'm prepared. I, I am adequate to the task. Can I tell you this? There, if there's a preacher like that, he ought to get out of the pulpit. We are not adequate for the task. I'm thankful that God chooses to use the foolishness of preaching. I'm glad that He's chosen the weak things of the world. And He says even the foolish things of the world. That gives me hope. You say, I don't feel adequate. You're never going to feel adequate. We're lost sinners saved by the grace of God. How do we ever feel adequate to the task? Paul told Timothy to study to show himself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. We can, we can labor and study of Scripture and of doctrine so that we need not be ashamed. But we will never feel adequate to the task. This is God's eternal Word. 
Look with me in Psalm 119. We need to have a love for God. We need to have a love for prayer. Can I say this? We need to have a love. A love for God's Word. Not a love at the idea of loving God's Word. There's a difference. Oh, I want to love God's Word more, Pastor. Okay, then love it more. Don't just tell somebody about it. Don't just have that desire. Love it more. Look with me in Psalm 119, verse number 24. The psalmist saith this, says this. Let's go back to verse number 20. My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. In verse number 24. Thy testimonies are also are my delight and my counselors. Look with me in verse number 77, just over, and we could pull many, many verses from this chapter. Look at verse, I'm just going to give you a few of them. Uh, let's go to uh, uh, verse number 70, uh, 72. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Look in verse number 77. Let thy tender mercies come unto me that I may live, for thy law is my what? It's my delight. I wake up in the morning, do I drudgingly pull myself to my Bible and say, well, oh, here it goes, i got to go through it. Or do we wake up in the morning with joy on our hearts that I get to come to God's Word to start my day? That I get to learn something today that will, it will draw me closer to Him and it will prepare me more for sharing that with someone else. Look with me in, in uh, verse number 92. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction. Psalm 119, 143. Trouble and anguish have taken hold on me, yet thy commandments are my delights. Psalm 119, 174. I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. We need to have a love for God. We need to have a love for prayer. We need to have a love for His Word. We love God's Word and we feast upon it. We feast upon it. Study, while it may be wearisome to us, will be the delight of our hearts. And can I tell you this? When we study and we read and we long for Scripture... We are better equipped and better prepared to serve God. Not only has our heart been drawn closer to Him, but there is more now truth in my mind and in my heart that I can then use and the Holy Spirit can bring to remembrance when I talk with others. I won't get in the middle of sharing the gospel and saying, well, you meet a stranger and you say, uh, I go to Keith Heights Baptist Church, we'd love to invite you to church, and you're thinking, boy, I need to share the gospel with them. Oh, but I just don't know if I can do it or not. Love God's Word. Study it. Learn it. Be well prepared. Be ready at an instant. At an instant to share Scripture with someone. You may not remember the references. You may not have the exact wording, but, but have it hidden in your heart to be able to talk with people about it. Having a love for God's Word. Joshua chapter number 1 in verse number 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein to do according to all that is written therein. 
For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Psalm 100, or Psalm uh, nine, uh, 1 in chapter 1, verse number 1. Bible says, verse number 3, I'm sorry, it is. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in this law doth he meditate. How often? Day and night. Well, wouldn't it be wonderful if not just in the morning when we get up to do our devotions, but throughout the day, God's Word is full in our hearts. We think of verses throughout the day. Things that encourage us. Things that strengthen us. As we have opportunity to talk with someone, God brings those verses to mind and we share them with someone. I love it when, when people call me throughout the week. I do. I love it. Pastor, I'm reading here and I want to get your thought on this. Boy, I love that. I love it when a Christian comes into church and says, Boy, let me show you what God showed me this week. I went out to lunch with a preacher a number of years ago. We went out to a Mexican restaurant. We sat down in the booth and as he was getting ready to pray. He said, Preacher, tell me something God's given you from His Word lately. What would you say if someone did that to you right now? Would you have something that God had given you from His Word lately? Oh, boy, I think we ought to always be ready. I think there ought to always be a filling of God's Word in our hearts. When I was in Bible college, one professor was talking to us preacher boys and probably one of the most valuable things he could have ever told us. He said, fellas, when you preach, preach from the overflow. I thought, boy, the overflow? He said, yeah. He said, by the time you get to the pulpit, that truth ought to have filled you so full that it's just bubbling over trying to get out. Can I tell you this? As God's people, we ought to be that way all the time. There ought to be... You remember the Alka-Seltzer commercials? The plop, plop, fizz, fizz? They called it effervescent. Boy, what a word. Can I tell you, our Christianity, our, our Bible reading, our time with God, the Holy Spirit working in us, those ought to be effervescent. They ought to be bubbling over. When I was a kid in Sunday school, we sang that little song, Running over, running over, my cup is full in running over. Since the Lord saved me, I'm as happy as can be. My cup is full and running over. Do we love the Bible? I'm not talking about loving the idea of loving the Bible. I'm not talking about loving the idea of other people thinking I love the Bible. Do I love the Bible? Is it my necessary food? Is it the thing I have to have every day? Is it something that I long for? And when I'm away from it for any period of time, my only desire is to get back to it again. Is that the kind of love I have for it? With these great enemies that we have keeping us from the lost, it's, imper it's imperative, it's very important that we love God with all of our hearts. We love prayer. We love God's Word. I'm going to give you the last one and we'll be done. It's five minutes after. We need to love people. I told somebody a while back, I've shared with you all before how much of an introvert I was and how God must have had a sense of humor calling me to the ministry, because my, my mindset was, 
give me a cabin on a mountain somewhere and a dog and let me live off the land. I don't even want to see anybody. don't want to be around anybody. That was my dream. And then God called me to preach. <laughs> Somebody who couldn't, I mean, I would freeze in, in talking with anybody face to face. And now every time, every week, i got to stand up in front of a bunch of people. And there's not a service goes by. I don't get butterflies getting up here. It's interesting to me. I was telling somebody this week, the ministry would be great if it wasn't for people. And I say that jokingly. Because, you know, where there's people, there's going to be problems. And where there's people, there's going to be heartache. And where there's people, there's going to be hurt and things that people will do to hurt you and to hurt each other. And you have to deal with them. And you have to love them in spite of it. Well, you just don't know what that person did. No. But I know what I did to my Savior. And He still loved me. And I'll tell you, it's a whole lot easier to love somebody even though they've hurt you. When you realize... How much God loved us when we hurt Him. We need to love people. You say, well, Brother Greg, that's hard. It is. It's a very simple thing, but it's a very difficult thing. It's hard to love people. It's hard to love them when they hate the God that we love. It's hard to love them when they hurt us. It's hard to love them when they reject the message we're trying to share with them. I mean, all I'm trying to do is to show them the love that God has shown me. And yet they they won't take it. Oh, that hurts. Do I quit loving them because of that? No. No more than Christ quit loving you and I when we hurt Him. What can we do to help in this area of winning people to Christ? Work on our personal walk with God. Love Him with all your heart. Love praying. And I'm talking fervent praying. I'm talking about shedding some tears. I'm talking about spending some time. Love the Bible. Feast upon it. Make it an integral part of your life. And love people. If we can get these four things to be the things that we love, can I tell you this? I don't think there will be a problem with us telling people about Christ. In fact, you probably have people saying, whoa, slow down there. You're doing too much. Oh, that we would uh, learn to love this way. I hope that will be a help to us. Uh, I've enjoyed the day. It's been a good time of fellowship here. And uh, I think a good time around God's Word. And hopefully it's been a help to you. Let's stand together and we'll be dismissed in prayer. Father, we're so grateful and thankful for Your Word and Your instruction to us. Lord, we can, in these verses, see and hear Your heart, Your desire in these areas. Lord, may we catch the vision. May we catch the 
the urgency of the issue. May our hearts be so in love with You and so in tune with You that the things that are close to Your heart become things that are close to ours. Dismiss us with Your blessings. Thank You so much for the wonderful, sweet day that we've spent here together, the time spent around Your people and Your Word, the time that we've had of fellowship, the time of singing and the blessing that the, the, the songs have been and then the blessing that Your Holy Spirit has been to us as we've looked into Your Word. Help us to not quickly forget these things, but to take them with us and to meditate upon them throughout this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.